and welcome to Kroll Security Concepts Podcast, the podcast where Kroll security experts discuss the more prevalent topics in today's risk environment. Today, we'll be continuing our series on supply chain security by bringing in two subject matter experts to focus on the protection of supply chain operations from both a business practice and security operations perspective. Our guests today are Daniel Hartnett and Stephen Palumbo. Stephen's a senior manager in the security risk management practice based in the New York office. Stephen leverages over three decades of security experience in global supply chain security, crisis management, forensic investigation, and operational security. Daniel is an Associate Managing Director in the Compliance, Risk, and Diligence practice based in the Reston, Virginia office. He currently chairs our firm's Supply Chain Risk Management Services initiative. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Happy to be here. Good deal. We'll go uh, jump right into a big topic here, and that's Daniel, what have we seen as the overall impact of COVID-19 on supply chains around the world? Yeah, sure. So I think first and foremost, the, the biggest takeaway is really just the increase in the frequency of major unanticipated uh, disruptions across the end and supply chain. Now, let's be honest. I mean, disruptions have always occurred in the supply chain. It's a, it's a part and parcel of having you know an outsourced service or a product provider, Right. But the, the rate at which disruptions came, the size of them, um, have really been a challenge for a lot of companies and caught, I would argue, most companies off guard, right, where it became almost like a whack-a-mole type game, uh, unfortunately, very dire consequences. And these, you know, the, the disruptions can occur on the supply side. You know, back in the early days, like back in China, for example, they've then moved on to transportation and logistics disruptions, and they end up with demand side logistics as people shut down, right? As people stayed home and didn't buy anything, didn't go to restaurants or stores or something like that. So it really was a challenge there. Another area that we've seen for a change is kind of the evolving nature. And it's almost like an interactive effect of these various risks uh, that are disrupting the supply chain, right? So you have new or newly leading risks, right? Like financial risk of the suppliers. You know, obviously everyone's always been worried about a supplier or especially a key supplier going belly up. But what came to fore was that as the financial impacts really bit hard, especially the smaller and medium-sized suppliers, they can suddenly go belly up without a notice and, and they will leave larger corporations hanging you know, and wondering what about is going to happen to their deliveries. Um, at the same time, you also have this sort of interactive effect going on, right? You know, I'll give you a couple examples of that. You know, so the virus outbreak, right, it has obviously very clear health risks for the population and employees, that then drives, you know, business continuity impacts, right? Where all of a sudden companies have to shut down. Maybe they were deemed non-essential. Or maybe they had an outbreak of COVID-19 within their facilities. Um, that leads to then supply chain risks, right? You also have the idea of major cybersecurity and data privacy risk being driven by all of this because suddenly everybody's working from home. And maybe at a time when really the companies weren't well established with their IT or cybersecurity principles. So they, they were, you know, really left a large tax space for adverse actors to kind of creep in there and try and steal IP theft, for example. You also have an uptick of, you know, contract disputes because of force majeure clauses being suddenly uh, enacted uh, because of these disruptions. So you have all these kind of knock-on and follow-on effects, right, where the, the original risks are no longer contained within the original siloed area. Another one, economic downturn. 
causes supplier financial risks, you know, something we already mentioned. That leads to potential for corruption risks, right? Because maybe, you know, some company in a certain jurisdiction wants to bribe the, the, the government employee to be deemed an essential job, right? So they can remain open. There's also challenges of security risks, right? Theft of cargo or, or products along the way because of economic distress for these uh, various jurisdictions, as well as IP thefts, right? So again, you're seeing these bleed over interactive effects happening out there. Um, you know, there was also the idea of as the disruption occurs, previously, maybe companies can deal with them. But in the post-COVID-19 environment, especially during the height of the, of the pandemic, you know, these disruptions became catastrophic. Right, where we're you know extremely challenging business environments, right? Maybe cash flow issues, depending on what size of company you have, and then all of a sudden you're hit by some kind of supply chain disruption. That might be a nail in the coffin, especially if you had some type of problems already going into the pandemic, right? And then finally, I would argue that you know the what I'm terming this risk, I mean, the rise of supply chain risk management within business strategy, where you know supply chain risk, which has obviously always been around, and the idea of managing that risk. It's no longer really an afterthought, right, or, or, or a defensive or responsive mechanism, but rather it's increasingly proactively incorporated into strategic supply chain decisions, uh, sometimes at the highest level. And so that's what would be my summary for, for the overall impacts. Interesting. So corporations are having to deal with an ever-changing risk environment while they are impacted directly by COVID-19. And, you know, what they've had to actually end up doing is manage the program on a day-to-day basis in response to how the world has changed on a day-to-day basis. So when we talk about that, Steve, when we're talking about the people actually responsible for overseeing the supply chain, that security manager for the supply chain, what are we seeing as the bigger impacts to them? I think the biggest impact, you know, when COVID-19 first hit and everybody realized how long the shutdowns, you know, were going were gonna to occur, um, most brick-and-mortar retailers most retailers in general, just basically started cutting staff. And the security teams were exceptionally hard hit. Um, You know, I've I've spoken to numerous colleagues out in the field that have just been, you know, either furloughed or or completely laid off due to COVID-19. And so a lot of these teams were were decimated, you know, and where there was, you know, a full complement of personnel before, now you're down to a skeleton crew in some places and some places nothing at all. You know, and um, it's really put a damper on on their efforts that they had going forward to reduce um, losses and theft because they no longer have the personnel to deal with them. You know, I, I like to say you can remove the position, but you don't remove the need. You know, the need is still there. And it's, it's actually been increasing now um, due to what's going on with COVID-19. And we've also seen in working with some of those essential providers out there is they are seeing a dramatic increase in demand and trying to keep up with that during these COVID-19 times. How are we seeing those essential businesses? I mean, what are their major issues that they're seeing and trying to continue operating? Well, on the essential business side, you know, where they probably you didn't have, a, you know, as much of a layoff on the essential business side as you had on the non-essential business side. So comparing, say, you know, food to clothing, you know, completely different on, on the essential side where their teams may not have been downsized, but now they're seeing such an increase in, in activity, they're being strained. And the economy is still, I think, in a place where people are not willing you know, to increase payrolls right now and bring on additional staff. So you're asking the existing teams to deal with um, 
an amount of work coming in, investigations, theft, all different types of risk that they just, they've never had to deal with. Interesting. So what we're seeing essentially is that businesses are adapting to the ever-changing environment. Uh, where, where does the actual supply chain risk management process now reside when we're actually looking at the importance to a business and their operations, when we're actually talking about the importance of supply chain risk management, uh, Daniel, in your opinion? So I think, you know, in, in the post-COVID-19 environment, you know, supply chain risk management has really come of age, right? You're hearing more and more, and we're talking to more and more clients, where it actually has bubbled up to the C-suite, right? And possibly even the board of directors, right? Where it's no longer just a concern more internally in an organization, but rather it becomes a factor in, you know, even in daily briefings, right? You know, the health of the supply chain, for example, uh, or having a member of the board of directors who's responsible for supply chain risk to make sure that the, the, the operations continues to flow without some type of business interruption. Um, and this has also caused a lot of companies to rethink their supply chain footprint across the globe. Something that is absolutely a C-suite level decision, right? And takes a long time to consider. Uh, so that's one of them. I think that's actually a good thing, to be honest with you, because that means that supply chain risk now is no longer, you know, given that, you know, secondary or tertiary cursory look, but rather is actually a factor. And they're almost as equal to probably the idea of cost savings, which historically has been almost the exclusive realm of supply chain footprint decisions, right? The idea of saving money because you can outsource to a lower cost country, for example. Um, but no longer is that. You have to look at the, supply, the risk of that, right? Is that worth it doing it? And maybe so, maybe not. I think also the idea, the realization that disruption can occur anywhere across the end-to-end supply chain. You know, prior to COVID-19, most companies really only looked at their immediate partners, be they up or downstream, right? Those those true third parties that they were immediately contracting with and didn't worry so much about deeper into the supply chain. But global supply chains are extremely complex. They cross multiple jurisdictions in a kind of networked fashion. And so you had a lot of companies being caught off guard by that, and that exacerbated the impact of a supply chain disruption. And so you realize now that you really have to look more broadly. Uh, it's very difficult to look across the full end-to-end supply chain, but there are things that companies obviously can do to expand their vision. And I think there's also the idea that consumers, right, the end consumer, are also aware of supply chains and the risks to them. And this really then just emphasizes, again, among the C-suite and the board of directors, that they need to have resilient supply chains because the, the consumers understand it, right? I mean, how many articles do we all read about toilet paper and the supply chain and the production there of it, you know, over the past couple months, right? Um, those type of things have really raised awareness among the, the public uh, of these issues um, in, in a way that before they never really were concerned about or even cared about, to be honest with you. Yeah, and we've actually seen a lot of media coverage of deliberate impacts on the supply chain where trucks have been hijacked of brand new Apple products or something along those lines. And I think what we're seeing is essentially there is a void when the supply chain is not able to be managed at the heightened level that it might have been due to travel restrictions, due to you know lack of staffing if we have done layoffs. I think we're seeing where there might be people out there that look to see how can I impact the supply chain to benefit myself? Steve, what are we seeing for the retail? When people are trying to get product out there, what, what kind of impacts are we seeing in their ability to provide this security due to some of the restraints that are in place today? 
They're having a lot of issues from um, from a protection standpoint. You know, um, you know, with the staffs being decreased and not having enough people, they're just not paying attention to everything they need to pay attention to. So you're seeing an increased level in in hijackings. You're seeing an increased level in theft overall, just because there's such a need for this for these goods. You know, especially on the essential side. And there's just there's just no longer those robust teams in place to provide that level of protection. Now, I think this all leads us to the big question is what can these companies and even the investors for these companies do to minimize their exposure? How can they protect themselves to the emerging risk market on the supply chain? So I can jump in there first. And it's a great question. It's the million dollar question, right, Jeff? I mean, I think first and foremost is that you know, the, the senior leadership of a firm and maybe the board of directors themselves have to ensure that supply chain risk management remains a key topic. There may be a tendency that in the near future, if the pandemic then truly does recede because we have a vaccine, that supply chain risk, again, gets pushed back to the back because it costs money, right? Supply chain risk management is not cheap at the end of the day. So you need to keep that up in front and center just to make sure that's being factored into any kind of supply sourcing, you know, decisions uh, across the globe. Um, and for investors, it's equally important, right? We're hearing more and more from investment firms or PE firms um, that want to make sure that, you know, the the risks of their supply chain for a potential acquisition or their portfolio companies is, you know, properly evaluated to make sure that they're not caught off guard by some kind of, you know, disruption layer on their own that will have a massive, massive, you know, impact upon the bottom line. Uh, I think, you know, companies also need to emphasize a proactive approach, right? Get away from that defensive, reactive, you know, whack-a-mole mindset that's been there in the past. Um, Because obviously reactive is a lot less effective and I would argue a lot more costly if you're going in about from that angle. Uh, You'd want to identify and mitigate any risks you can with the understanding, of course, you can't get rid of all risks, right? That's impossible. We know that, right? There are always going to be a black swan events out there. But there is a lot that companies can do to at least minimize their exposure, uh, especially if there's some known risks out there, right? I think, you know, firms also need to expand their view of what the supply chain risk management environment is. Like I mentioned earlier, it's not just about the immediate partners, right? You kind of start looking at the end-to-end supply chain or or very least at your key partners, right? And understanding who their key partners are and so forth down the supply chain so that you can, again, minimize your exposure to a disruption that may occur from one of them. Um, I I think you you need to continue to do comprehensive due diligence uh, on any supplier, right? Know who your supplier is and know who their suppliers are. You know, understand their physical security risks. You know, do they have guns, gates, and guards, right? Do they they have things that, you know, Steve can talk to. Do they have, you know, the cybersecurity protocols in place that they should? Protecting your IP and data privacy of your end consumers, those type of things. And then finally, you know, something that I would draw upon from my former military career is the notion of actively conducting supply chain risk exercises and stress tests and tabletop exercises. These are great, great little tools that are relatively cost effective, um, but you can find a lot of little problems that creep out by doing these uh, and then put a team in place to actively mitigate them. So they're wonderful, wonderful things, and they're emerging as a best practice for, for building a resilient supply chain. I agree with what Dan said, especially about the proactive approach. You know, if so, if you're going to be, you know, um, looking at this risk, you know, on, on the ground, you know, for what's actually happening on the ground and how you're going to uh, how you're going to react to it, 
being proactive is is key. But like, you know, I keep going back to this, but, you know, their staffs are not in place right now to put those proactive things in place or to oversee the proactive measures, you know, the audits of the physical security part or, or, or whatever you have in place. What I was thinking and, and, and tying back to the previous podcast where we talked about, you know, the virtual security director, the virtual security manager, I think this may be a good um solution for a lot of the retailers out there that are, are in the supply chain that are seeing these problems where if you know you don't want to increase your payroll however you do have a solution that you can fall back on and bring in that subject matter expert who can put all that stuff in place who can oversee your program who can do the tabletop exercises and know where the problems are and put programs in place to deal with those issues yeah that makes a lot of sense we have seen historically uh, not too long ago, uh, companies that decided we're going to improve our overall supply chain security by diversifying, and they've moved some of their manufacturing into kind of those emerging markets, and they did not do the true risk assessment to, to determine that those emerging markets might not have the same infrastructure needed to do their business. I want to thank both of you for coming on the podcast and giving us this information. It's been very interesting to hear this from two different aspects of protecting your supply chain. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I'd also like to thank the listeners for tuning into the podcast. We'll see you again in two weeks.